0: Good morning. It's Wednesday, March 11th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. I'm Connor Tapp. On Tuesday morning, we got a pretty unusual news item out of Lincoln, Nebraska. The Nebraska Athletics Department announced that it was partnering with a company called Open Doors, to launch the first program that we know of designed to help student athletes quote, build their individual brands. I think you'd be forgiven for hearing that sentence and having to resist the urge to let your eyes roll through the back of your head. But there were some aspects of this release that I think are actually pretty interesting and have significant consequences going forward. So quoting from the Nebraska release... Open Doors has become a proven market leader in helping sports organizations and their athletes prepare and execute social media programs to increase the value of their name, image, and likeness. So here we have Nebraska not just openly discussing the value of their players' name, image, and likeness at a point in time before any name, image, and likeness legislation has gone into effect in any state, but here they are positioning themselves as an ally in helping them build that value. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, Chris Hummer interviewed the head of external operations at Nebraska for a story that will run on 247sports.com later this week. He also talked to Blake Lawrence, the CEO of Open Doors. And in today's episode, we'll be playing back Chris's interview with Blake Lawrence, where they talked about everything from the Open Doors origin story to what exactly Open Doors is going to do for Nebraska and its student-athletes, and how this all fits into the bigger name, image, and likeness picture. So we're going to pick things up in the middle of Chris's interview with Blake Lawrence. Y'all's office is what, two blocks
1: from campus?
2: Yeah, if you walk out the back door and you walk... uh... About 10 paces you are on campus so it's um and tied at the hip man but that's you go to nebraska find out real quickly that these people uh the fans the state and the community are so supportive so when we were starting our first company it was a no-brainer to start in nebraska then when we started open doors it was like why would we ever move right the community's been so good for us so yeah we're, we're right on campus pretty much
1: Along those lines, how did Open Doors come together in the first place? And you mentioned that you've been thinking about this for seven years. Can you take me into that process, thinking about that as a goal?
2: Yeah, so um, my personal journey as a student athlete, I I was recruited to schools across the country uh, from Kansas City and fell in love with Nebraska, committed, um, and ended up playing as a freshman, starting at linebacker as a sophomore, and then midway through my junior year, I was told I should never play football again. I I suffered four concussions in a little over a year. Um, And so I stepped away, you know, and and so most student athlete stories sound a lot like that, right? Where there's a moment where it's all, it's all done. And uh, for me, it happened in an instant. And at that time, uh, I was thankful to be one of those guys that invested in being active in the community and, you know, starting to, get involved with the life skills program as the president of the student athlete advisory committee like i was just involved right and i also started using this thing called twitter right? <laughs> and i was the first guy in the team dropping tweets and uh picked up like a thousand followers diehard fans you know members of the media and i thought to myself well shoot i'm i'm never going to be able to play football in front of these fans again but i can i in their feed, you know, I can continue this connection to this fan base through social media and that is more the case today uh, than it was, you know, 11 years ago where today's athletes are building an audience while they're on campus that's going to last them a lifetime, right? So you you think about those things um, and I'm going to bring you up to like how this open-door thing comes about, but I think that's a a critical component of this. Like, the student-athlete experience is now about Building up, you know, your your moments on in competition and in the classroom, but also now it's about that, that follower count and that audience is going to you know, go with you for life. So back to my my story, I started getting these inbound requests from local businesses that were like, "Hey, you've got a thousand followers. Can you help my business get there?" Right. And so Audie and I, my co-founder um, and best friend, teammate, roommate in college. We started a social media agency in 2010, like less than a year after we were done. Audie was still on the team, right? And uh, mm-hmm. we started blogging, tweeting, and Facebooking for companies in the city that didn't know how social media worked. Um, <laughs> and at the time, we were learning it too, but we knew a lot more than they did. So we we grew this thing from the two of us to 25 employees, and um, you know, hundreds of customers around the the country, and sold it in 2014. So that was our first company. Uh, we started literally pretty much out of the dorm room and we had meetings on the practice field. You know, like, that was our journey. Um, and then 2011 hits and uh, one of my best friends is Prince Abu So um, I some overlap here, but Prince got drafted in the first round of the NFL draft and he gave me a call and said, hey, I know you're helping these businesses. Could you help me build my brand on social? And we said, sure thing. And so, uh, that really started this focus on what makes athletes such an outlier in terms of uh, their connection with their, their followers on social media. And we started to study like what was the right thing for him to say, what was the right platform for him to say it, when should he say it. And it just became this uh, almost science of if we can get him to say the right thing at the right place at the right time, then he can maximize uh get more followers because like me we never knew if his career was going to last another day or another decade right so whatever we could do to help him in that moment was going to be important um, and then we realized quickly that we needed to build technology to make this easy for him right so that he could Get a piece of content and publish it to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all with one click, right? And to have things go out at the right date and time, like you have to schedule those things out. Athletes are busy, so we built this technology, which became Open Doors, um, to help one athlete. Right? Check this out. So we, in seven years ago, almost to the day, I got to look up the actual first day of, uh, he did this, but he uses Open Doors for the first time to send out a, a post, right? And It's like, hey, just got hooked up on Open Doors. It's a Lincoln company. Check them out with the link. And um, someone at the NFLPA saw it. The next day, I got a phone call from the NFLPA. And they they said, hey, we checked out what you're up to. We'd like to have you come out to to D.C. and see if you can help us. And you're, you're saying within a month of us launching Open Doors, I was in D.C. negotiating a partnership with the NFL Players Association where they could leverage our technology to help 2,000 players across the NFL manage their social media, right, understand and use social media to increase the value of their name, image, and likeness and to partner with sponsors and licensees. And this is like a, uh, a whirlwind uh, of a moment. And from that day, again, we started this company to help one athlete. Now 12,000 athletes around the world use Open openers every day. Um, and to me, that's something that, I'm super proud of because it's by athletes, four athletes, and we started to help one, and now we can help tens of thousands and and soon, you know, hundreds of thousands of athletes do this the right way.
1: That had to be a whirlwind when that tweet goes out from Prince.
2: You dream of having those moments and opportunities, and it kind of goes back to the day where it's like the what if, you know, what if we could help not just one guy, what we could help ten? And then what if you could help a couple thousand? And then what if we could start to help student athletes? That's my story. And that's the majority of student athlete stories, that they have this one window of opportunity to understand uh, the value that that they're able to capture and, and own for the rest of their life. And name image and likeness is one way to, to, to name it, right? It's like college provides a platform for these guys to maximize, um, uh, the, the size of their audience they, they have once their days are done. And, uh, and i, I got to be pretty much tied to that. Nebraska being a school that is going to help every student understand what that is and provide resources to increase that value is uh, it's pretty damn exciting.
1: I talked to Garrett earlier today about the partnership and he mentioned Coach Frost and the coaching staff actually came to the athletic department talking about wanting to partner with y'all to teach student athletes. Can you take me into that how initial how that initial
2: conversation sparked with the staff? Yeah, absolutely. So they I, I mean I you could probably look up the dates and be the most accurate on this, but with back in October when uh, there the NCAA had a an official statement about name, image and likeness and created this timeline for uh some potential policy changes. You know, trading this January two thousand twenty one timeline. It just was the first time the NCAA said you know commented on the situation publicly. And within a week of that announcement, Jared Lambrick, the uh chief of staff uh head of operations, I you could look at his official title, but within Nebraska football was in our office um to have a conversation, right? And to to dive deeper into what does it look like at the pro level, what is NIL, right? How does the NFLPA help educate their players on name, image, and likeness value? How do they help uh, structure these licensing deals? Uh, you know, how do they help market the players directly? You know, what is it like? Just an education. Like, let's sit down and talk about it, you know, and imagine a whiteboard filled with um, an a, a egregious amounts of Venn diagrams And, uh, charge, noodles, man, like I'm, and I started to spell it out, right? Because for us, this is a decade of, of experience, uh, from the technology side of how the pro sports level is really helping pro athletes understand name, image, and likeness, provide them resources to grow it, and ultimately the the partners to monetize it. So it just was a a hands-on education session, which kind of opened up this, well, what does it look like if we could bring that level of, of insight, education um, to the student athletes at Nebraska? Like, what would that look like? And then it started to evolve into a um, a more developed program, right? Like, this is something that Nebraska is the first, but it's it's structured in a way that uh, we've captured a lot of the uh, our experience in the market and and can help any athletic department understand and get prepared for the future
1: you said you've been planning for seven years have y'all thought about how y'all would approach college athletes in this space especially given your background as a student athlete yourself
2: yeah so uh, from the beginning there was this vision of to help every athlete right so we had this we started off in pro sports um, and then we always wanted to find a way to to get back, to get back to those kids that were just us, right? So back in 2007, right after my first practice in Nebraska, I ran into the computer lab, you know, and pulled up Huskersillustrated.com to see if Bill Sitzman, the sick photographer that did photos for Illustrated, which became, I think it's part of 24-7, like you guys, Um, right? Like, uh, whatever it is, imagine the 24-7 equivalent, right? In 2007. And I uh photo of me and I immediately posted it to my Facebook profile, right? And then I played Jetpack or Jet Man, whatever that that stupid game was. Um <laughs> you know, and went to the training table. But you know, since those days there's been this experience of um you know, wanting to help student athletes showcase where they are, what they're doing, and set them up for success. So, you know, that was our experience. But so then, once we started helping pro athletes, like, and there's a lot of parallels here. If we could bring value to this uh, space for this this new reality where they can create value, right? So, uh, whether you are monetizing your social media audience or not, those people that hit follow, they're fans, right? And they're they're with you. And they'll support you. You want uh, advice on uh, what show to watch, or you want to know, uh, you want support in raising money for a charity you care about, or you have, um, you know, come on hard times and you just, just need some love, right? You need to throw a close to back to remember the good days. Like those fans are people that will support you for life. And so, uh, in 2015, that's when we started to work with college athletic departments, Nebraska being the first one where they were, uh, using openers to work with alumni, you know, and then a couple years in, um, you know, we, I literally just got the phone with Eric DeSalvo, head of content at UCF Athletics. And he's like, man, we would love to use this for our student athletes. And so I sat down with the NCAA back in 2017 and got the, the thumbs ups to, you know, allow student athletes to work with their, their school, use technology to uh, leverage social media, to, to share photos and videos and content, you know. And so along the way, it's, it's almost like we've been fighting back to that first moment like that first feeling of holy shit, like you're not a, you're not a student athlete forever. Right. You're, I know, me on that, but like this doesn't last forever. And you feel like Superman when you're a student athlete, no matter what level of sport or what you're doing, but one day it's done. And what do you have to show for it? Right. So again, this is now kind of bringing it full circle. Um, and we're just going back and helping guys just like us. Right. That, um, one day, They got to hang up the cleats and what they have left over, you know, is, uh, is important. And we can help every student athlete in Nebraska maximize whatever that is for whatever reason.
1: Specifically with the ready now program. Can you take me through what will be involved with that athlete to athlete?
2: We wanted to make sure that we could help student athletes, right. And help our partners in college base. So, um, yeah, we had to explain how Open Earth works at the pro level and give assurances that if this is something that student-athletes are using today, it is not any way to be tied to commercial opportunities, but simply to work with their school um, to help them market themselves, you know, get access to content, um, and turn that into a kind of a life skills experience, right? The schools right now, we've got 75 school partners across the country that use Open doors to help student-athletes, get access to photos, videos, you know, moments from their time on campus to post to social, which helps the school show the world what it's like to be a student athlete, helps student athletes show the world uh, what they're all about. So they're doing that today. Um, so we wanted to enable that. So, yeah, we had to have those conversations uh, three years ago.
1: Let's eventually assume the NCA or the federal government en- enacts uniform legislation across the board. This might be an oversimplification of what Open Doors does, but are y'all essentially a site that connects a student-athlete or an athlete to a brand and partners them together? How would that work on the college
2: level? Understanding that no one knows what the future holds as it it pertains to the name, image, or rights, compensation policies, procedures, and what's allowed and what's not. No one knows. But what we do know is what it looks like at the pro level. right? And if we can... Keep the experience unique to college, which is very much education-focused, right? Campus-wide opportunities. Every student has a chance opportunity to be a part of it. Um, but also combine that with what we've learned by like, seeing pro athletes uh, and, and millions of dollars flow through Open Doors to pro athletes for use of their NIL. If, if we can combine those things and provide a, a hands-on program, um in, no matter what comes, when it comes, Nebraska student athletes will be ready. And that is the ultimate outcome. And, and if, guess what? If NIL competition never happens, right, which uh, that's – it will happen. We, it's about when and how, right? But it, it, even if it never does, student athletes that go through this program will develop a life skill, to develop an audience that has uh, – their roots right that they're going to stick with them for the rest of their career whether they, they play another day of the sport or they go into a professional world these are their fans that really fall in love with them while they're a student athlete they're going to support them all the way through their career and I, I'm living proof them but that's I still get to live that every day I'm thankful for that.
0: Welcome back to the College Football Daily. One story that has been kind of bubbling underneath the surface of college sports and indeed all of American society is the spread of the COVID-19 coronavirus. We've only really talked about it in any detail as it pertains to college sports on one episode a couple of weeks ago. Been kind of waiting for the right moment for a school to take an action that would give us cause to address it on the show. And we kind of honestly expected that something like that would happen sooner, but we're finally starting to see a couple of schools take action in basketball the ivy league canceling its conference tournament the mac announcing that its conference tournament will go on but will be played in stadiums without any fans Uh, we're still waiting to see whether the major conferences are going to take any action there and whether those types of actions will trickle over into the football side of things we have seen one school uh, late on late on Tuesday night, uh, the University of Southern California, which is in a state that is in a declared state of emergency, that they are closing off their spring football practice to the public in addition to all of their other athletics events uh, for the time being. You also had the Ivy League announcing that it was canceling the remainder of its spring football practices. So uh, we will, in all likelihood, Thursday's episode We'll have a couple of new developments, it seems like. As this, uh, as this thing kind of develops a little bit, uh, that we will be able to discuss uh, for you on the podcast. So I, I just have kind of felt like that's been an elephant in the room the past uh, couple episodes with us not really addressing that in any way. So I just wanted to make it clear that we are, we are planning to dive into that. So that's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, please express your support by leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. For Trey Scott, Chris Hummer, and our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you on Thursday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.